This is the Monologue Podcast, a platform for new short fiction where we showcase original monologues read by actors to give you that theatre feeling from the comfort of your earphones. Join us for another audio adventure brought to you by Orange Theatre Company. Cross your heart and scouts honour, then lock the door and throw away the key. Secrets Part 1 is about to begin. From Orange Theatre Company, this is the Monologue Podcast. I am Sarah Ehrens and with me is Daniela Down. Hello. Welcome to another episode recorded live at our recent event, Tiny Theatre. The theme of the night was secrets. Tiny Theatre is our way of taking the Monologue Podcast on the road, or rather, to the stage. On today's episode, you will hear three of the nine monologues that were performed live at Sexyland in Amsterdam. This is part one of three in our live series, Secrets. They were recorded in front of a full house, so the monologues you'll hear are live and unedited. Content warning. Please be aware that this episode contains some adult themes and naughty language. No, naughty. Listener discretion is advised for younger ears. But for everyone else, enjoy. Oh yeah, because we do love a good swear. Without further ado, let the show begin. I think it's fine enough, right? Fine enough. <laughs> Our first monologue today is It Was Me, written and performed live at Tiny Theatre by Tamara Richards. This monologue follows a woman pushed to breaking point, all thanks to her husband. Tamara is an actress based in Amsterdam, wearer of many hats. She is also a voiceover artist, writer, editor, producer, teacher, tour guide, and sustainability consultant. When it comes to secrets, she has none, she says. However, her fictional character in this monologue might beg to differ. Here is It Was Me. going to tell you but now that you've asked it was me Whew. it was me wow I feel so much lighter just saying that god it's like I've lost 20 kilos or something I see so much clearer now what no it is not my fault okay you made me do it no that's actually not true you drove me to do it. Like some duck truck forcing me into a salvage yard. And all your persistent, pedantic naggling on top of everything else? Is it just decades as a greedy corporate lawyer that turned you into such a machine? I mean, you are unemotional, unsympathetic, apathetic, and a bore, both spellings of the word. I mean, you have no sense of yourself. You, you take no responsibility and can't acknowledge any of your actions. It's like you can't be blamed. You have this protected sheath over you that can't be touched by anyone or anything and it's always someone else's fault. You know, you wouldn't know the definition of accountability if I spelt it out for you in big, bold, 45 font capital letters. Do you even have any emotions? Oh, don't turn this back on me. I have feelings. I have emotions even. <laughs> they may not be kind, caring, loving emotions, but they're still emotions. 
least I think they are. Don't doubt yourself. Don't. What did he tell me to say? <clears throat> I am perfect just the way I am. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with me. Breathe in. Two, three. Breathe out. You see what you've turned me into? Some helpless, pathetic, neurotic woman who's dependent on a breathing therapist, who I pay way too much money for, by the way. But you know what? I've had enough. I'm done. Busta. And you want to know what the worst part is? I loved you. Ha! Yeah, silly me. I actually loved you. Can't believe it now. I don't know, maybe I was blind, maybe you were always this way. I don't know how things turned around like this. But I loved you with all my heart. Your smile, your laugh. God, your laughter, you were so bloody funny. You swept me off my feet. That was then. Now, now I just want to kick you in the fucking face. So yeah, it was me. I'm the one that told the cops about your dewiest deal. So the secret is out. Scoundrel, fucking over all those people like that, even I wouldn't stoop that low. And I bet you thought you'd get away with it. Well, someone had to stop you. And unfortunately for you, it was me. You have nowhere to go. Nowhere to hide, no one to run to, and no amount of money can buy you out of this. I made sure of that. So tell Maria to collect my things. I never want to see your face again, you shithead fucker. <laughs> Next up, we have I'm Not Not Happy, performed by Daniela Down and written by Maggie van Eyck. This monologue is a hilarious example of what happens when you divulge a secret during an existential crisis. When not creating this podcast, Daniela is an actor, voiceover artist and copywriter with a secret loathing for calling on the telephone. Maggie van Eyck is a writer living in Amsterdam with the two kids. In 2018, her book, Remember This When You're Sad, came out in the UK, US, the Netherlands, China and Taiwan. A secret? She was once voted most annoying person at her school. We don't believe it, but your secret's safe with us, Maggie. Uh, shower, uh, dishes, fold the laundry, and then maybe if I hurry, I 
Yeah, I can have a quick nap. 15 minutes. Nope. 20. Tops. Yeah. And then, and then, then I'll order something in. Something yummy. Something sushi. No, tacos. No. Something the kids like, obviously. Pizza. From La Laterna. With the extra cheesy garlic bread. Yes. And then we'll have a nice TV dinner. I'll put the kids to bed early. And then I'll spend the evening writing in my journal. No screens for me. <laughs> I need to relish this experience. Oh, and then, yeah, maybe I'll masturbate because I still feel kind of <laughs> sexy and hot, you know? Oh, and then in the morning, in the morning, that's when I'll message them. Something short, something not too eager, but not too coy either. Something funny, something charming, something cute, but not too keen. <laughs> I had the most wonderful time. No, 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 no. Too enthusiastic. You sound like a child. That was lovely. No, well, fuck, okay. Well, clearly, I need to workshop some options this evening, but that's, that's fine. Oh, I need some better underwear for these things. <laughs> these things. <laughs> I don't even know if it's gonna happen again. Will it even happen again? Do I want it to happen again? Is this who I am now? Because, I mean, yesterday I was just a divorced mum of two young kids, and today I'm this. Oh, I need someone to bear witness to this new me. I'm just walking around with this big, pulsating secret. <laughs> Hello there, man. Taking out the bins. Hello there, lady, pushing the pram. Hello there, kids, riding on the scooters. Hello to all you lovely, kind, wonderful citizens of the world. Good evening. I just had a threesome. <laughs> I did, I did, I really, I really fucking did. Oh, and she was so, oh, she was so gorgeous and gentle and he was so strong and together they were just so in sync and it was so beautiful and loving and, and, and they were so generous and it was crushingly beautiful. Is it weird that I want to tell Pete? I mean, <laughs> not in a not in a gloating ex-wife kind of way, just to share. You know, he'd be impressed. I think, horrified, maybe turned on. Eh, probably. But then why beneath this very obvious fact that I'm well fucking impressed with myself do I feel this small hum of something? Is it shame? Sadness? I mean, it's, it's small. It's, it's small. But it aches. It's, 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 um, it's soft, but it, it persists. Is it loneliness? Oh God, what did Dr. Gibson say? I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to ground myself. I need to, I need to connect to the stomach, to the gut. Okay. <sighs> Notice the feelings. What do I feel?
I just came. Four times. <laughs> I mean, I'm not not happy. But I'm also... I mean, I mean, this is why Pornhub threesomes finish abruptly at the end, isn't it? I mean, I mean, the camera never is never there following the third person out, out into the world, out into somewhere else, out into loneliness. There's nothing hot about that, is there? What's that saying? If, if nobody hears a pin drop, no, no. tree. If no one hears a tree, no wait, if a tree falls in a forest but there's no one there to hear it, did it even make a sound? Ha! So, if a threesome happens but there's no one there to bear witness and hear about it, did it even really happen? Huh? Did it even really happen? There, I fixed it. Did it even really happen? Do I even really happen? I mean, if there's no one in my life to bear witness to my experiences, then do I even actually really fucking exist? Hi, Pete. Hey. Um, <laughs> I know we said five, um, but if you want to, and um, if the kids want to, obviously, um, you can bring them back early. Yeah, I miss them. Yeah. 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 I know I said I needed some more time for myself. <laughs> I've had that time now. Um, and um, if you want, you can um, have pizza with us. Yeah, um, I mean, it will save you having to cook later, won't it? La La Terna, with the extra cheesy garlic bread. <laughs> yeah, my treats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can sit on the rug and, and eat it like we used to. Yeah. Yeah, of course, ask them. Yeah, ask them. And then, and, and then if they want to, and, and you want to, um, come over. Yeah, I'll be home then, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Last, but certainly not least, we have The Purge, performed live by Jan Vienoviki and written by Hugh McKay. This monologue is about Hitler's wife, Ava Brown's dirty little secret as it comes to light, but it doesn't end so well for the Führer. Jan is a performer, theatre maker, director and anthropologist based in Germany. Jan secretly has a habit for buying tickets to theatre premieres, then scours the bins to look for discarded invitations to private parties. He succeeds surprisingly often. Hugh is a teacher, lecturer and actor in Amsterdam. His secret is that he recently became a father for the first time via the imminently 21st century arrangement of donorship. Here is The Purge. Yes. 
I smoke. Something you never knew about me. So I imagine lucky strikes might fewer. You aspired. The bodyguards get them for me when we're all finally shot of you up here at the Berghof. The boys actually get me a lot of stuff, you know. But more on that later. Somehow I just knew you'd be wearing that. Whenever I look at Dri, turned out like a goddess, as I mostly am, you'll be topped up like an overgrown boy scout with his uniforms and badges and wonky tie and scuffed knees. Or you'll be wearing a fifth-hand frock coat that's docked you around from Vienna. I can count on that. I mean, not that clothing ever hangs well on you. You're just not joined up that way. But still, a proper uniform really can hide a multitude of sins. Catches a girl's eye, you know. Makes a little man like you look like a six-foot something. Is that why you like to keep me out of sight? Do I steal everyone's eyes away from you with one single turn of these lovely shoulders? <laughs> when I'm standing next to you, my skin glowing in the midday sun, do you look even more bloated, squashed, pallid, Next to me, my Führer, Fräulein Eva Braun, your housekeeper. <laughs> I mean, as you've always said, the bigger's the lie. But really, as if a girl like me would ever keep something as ludicrous as you in her house. <laughs> No one is falling for it. None of the people here. Not the cooks, the drivers, the secretaries. Even the concierge's cat has figured out what this little annex between your and my room means. And when it comes to the bodyguards, I'll be coming to, I'll be coming to them. You know, my Führer, all of them are laughing at you at your transparent fibs, at your pathetic little evasions. Me? Loudest. <laughs> no one is laughing at me, ever. I get everything you never get. The respectful smiles, the knots between equals. All of this is happening right under your nose, by the way. The least appealing of your many terrible, unappealing features. This pointy, red-like thing snuffling and probing. It's only saved by this even more disfiguring thing growing under it. It's like, God help me, the first time I saw that moustache, from that point on, I knew it was gonna be a struggle. My struggle. 
my sugar. Oh, when I think of the, the conquests I had to do over myself to climb to you in bed. That's where the bodyguards come. Whenever I need some distraction while you're fumbling away at my openings, <laughs> as you do, I let my mind wander to these big, handsome guys you handpicked to watch over me. Not that they would ever dare, but still, I like to make their job a bit more bearable. <laughs> but I wonder, why keep all of this only for the outdoors, when I can ambush their sight at a close quarter, and I can let them glimpse me as I am. <laughs> Through a door left ajar, suddenly sprung blind. Sometimes, you know, I like to send them on little errands around the house, and then I startle them with my bare-limbed glory when I shake my hair before I slide into bed. Oh, you should see their faces, their eyes rolling, and their giddy from desire. All these boys belong to me now, my Führer. Just like this fortress belongs to me, like this mountainside belongs to me, because I am beautiful, and you are loathsome dwarf, gobbling, drooling, stuffing your mouth with sweet and sticky stuff your mouth like a hole. That's what it reminds me of, a hole with this black thing in the middle, an, an orifice voiding matter, your speeches, your slogans, your shouting, your rambling, every word that, that's stumbling out of your mouth fills us with boredom, drives us to, to madness. Who can stop this? It's up to me, my Führer, to expel you, to expunge it, to stop this. That's why I will stick this little here and 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 here. My dream, oh Wolfie. A wolf, I had the most, the most terrible dream. I dreamt you were, you were angry at me. You would never be angry at me, would you? You would never hate me.
Loving the live shows? We have another Tiny Theatre live show coming up on Wednesday, November the 1st in Amsterdam. Stay tuned to our socials for upcoming details about how you can submit. We will be announcing our next theme on August the 31st. That's it, the end of the show. To play you out, we have Cherry on top, a singer-songwriter who performed during our Tiny Theatre live event at Sexyland. If you like what you hear, follow her on Instagram at Cherry on Top Music. I'm watching the fireworks without you. My heart is exploding to red, green, and blue. Cause you're out of sight, but not out of my mind. And I promise myself this is the last time I think about you. Watching the fireworks and I find The ashes of my desire lying on the ground Cause you're out of sight But not out of my mind And I promised myself this is the last time That I was walking with my brain Oh, it was driving me insane one day with you is pleasure and the other is pain I was fucking with my brain It was driving me insane Loving you is like I look for Someone in the
That's a wrap, folks. Syra, thanks for hosting with me. A round of applause, please, for the writers and actors who contributed to this episode. Big thanks to James Cook, who made our original theme tune and music. If you want to know more about his work, head to jamescookcomposition.com. This podcast was edited by Daniela Down. Thanks for listening. Dimi. Ciao. Auf Wiedersehen. And that's all the languages we have. Hiya. Hiya. It's Limburg. Hiya. And oh, adieu. 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 Adieu.